How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode number 22 of the Tuesday Morning Escape podcast, the season finale with me, your host, Victor Finley. Thanks for tuning in for one final time this season. Uh, as well, I mean, the season is over. We put an end to that in Lethbridge and Charlottetown about a week ago, over a week now. And uh, here I am back into Toronto to put an end to the uh, Tuesday morning skate for the season after uh, 24 episodes. It's been lots of fun, but we'll reflect on that a little bit later on in the show because there's a lot going on in, uh, in university hockey. Uh, what a wild uh, seven to nine days it's been. Wild has been the, the word of the, the show the entire year. Probably the most overused term uh, that, uh, that I've had on this. But, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's appropriate for, for what's happened. Um, if uh, you've happened to sleep through the last week or so and you missed what's transpired, A, the UNB Reds won a national title. Uh, B, the Alberta Golden Bears lost and Luke Philp was injured and then came around two, three days later to sign an entry-level deal two years of the Calgary Flames. C, Zach Sawchenko just signed an AHL deal. Uh, D, Chase Marchand and Alex Dubow are both gone. I'm not going to bother to go through the entire alphabet, but the point is there's there's been a lot going on, specifically with player signings. Slater Doggett um, in the ECHL, Chris Clapperton, the AUS MVP, is on an AHL deal with the Belleville Senators now. So there's there's a lot of players moving around. And uh, some recruiting news too. I, I put out a little bit there on Twitter. Zach Bowman to Brock is a done deal. And there's uh, a couple other rumors right now. But everything... This, this could be a bit of a tough time of year for this sort of thing because teams are in the playoffs. And uh, generally, from my experience, uh, junior teams do not want university teams talking to their players and uh, for the most part that's always respected so uh, so some players are talking whereas other players right now in the heat of junior playoffs are not thinking about it as all at all as they probably shouldn't so uh, that'll transpire as the offseason wears on but right now it's a lot of players on the way out and uh, that's been what's dominating the headlines here in the last little week, we'll we'll kind of break those down here a little bit though as as the show goes on and and I'll add some thoughts on it all. But uh, you know, I guess we'll talk about national championship because we haven't done a show since I teed this thing up a couple weeks ago. I uh, didn't get to do a show last week just because travel on the Monday was crazy. Uh, you know, it's it's a long way from Lethbridge to Toronto uh, for me, and we had the connecting flight there from Calgary, and then things got really screwed up with. Uh, so Air Canada grounded all their 737 MAX 8s, and uh, I believe they've been grounded all over North America right now, and that's that takes a good chunk of Air Canada's fleet, so they've had to reschedule a bunch of flights and get people on other flights, and it's really created a massive backup uh, of travel in the last couple of weeks, so uh, that kind of affected everything. I, I got back into uh, Toronto uh, after a long, long day of travel on the Monday. So, uh, it just didn't really work out where I didn't have anything for a, a podcast. So that's, uh, explains the week's absence. But, uh, as you probably saw as well, I was working for Sportsnet at the university cup this year and, uh, had the, the real privilege and honor of being able to call two U cup finals now in the, uh, the past two seasons. And that was a blast. People have been asking me about that all week and my answer is the same. It's, uh, it's, uh, just a, a real, 
a great opportunity. Anytime I get to do something with a national TV crew and, and sports that are a fantastic company, uh, terrific folks to work with over there. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Mark Savard, myself, Nikki Ray is on the call. Our producer, Terry Back, was, was terrific. Our director, Michael Razzo, the entire crew. Uh, I know for sports that this is a, a bit of a tricky one to do because it comes at a point where there's a lot going on for them, especially hockey. Of course, you know, Clarkson Cup was just on the weekend. We'll talk a bit about that later on in the show there, too. Uh, NHL is still very much in, in full swing. And then there's the University Cup and, and the basketball as well that, that comes in the week prior to on the women's and men's side. So um, everything came together this year in Lethbridge, and it was it was a lot of fun to call that. So it's... Uh, Always, always uh, an exciting time for me. Anyways, anytime I get to call national championship caliber hockey, and uh, we did see some national championship caliber hockey this year. Although this was the first tournament I've been to that didn't have overtime, and uh, you know it's it's funny. I was saying to Mark uh, Savard, my color commentator, there on the I think it was the Friday, the Friday afternoon game with uh, with Carlton and UNB that that one had some overtime feels to it but but after that it, it seemed like everything else was uh, pretty much handled in regulation but we did have some great games and the the Carlton UNB game was terrific but for me the UNB and Alberta gold medal final was the game of the tournament the best of the eights and uh, just university hockey at its finest in in my opinion anyways we we saw to me, the two best teams in the country go at it, and UNB wins on this night, but uh, I would have loved to have seen what would have happened if that was a best-of-seven series. That, that would have been a ton of fun. Two great teams. Uh, certainly wouldn't have been a sweep. Uh, there would have been some some victories on either side, I think. And uh, Boy, just an entertaining game, though. You know, I brought this up on Twitter. I, I wonder... I, I wonder if things might have been a little bit different if, if Luke Philp was in the lineup uh, for the entire game, but you know what, I'm I'm happy to see that things have turned out the way they have for Luke Philp here in the last week because watching that injury live, you know, saw it happen right in front of me where he crashed into the corner with Olivier LeBlanc. You know, my first thought was was it was a knee injury or it was something really serious with the ankle. Now my understanding is still high ankle sprain is is not you know a light injury that'll keep him off that foot for for quite some time, but it's certainly a lot better than what it could have been. So uh, really happy for Phil because I think a lot of us were collectively holding our breath after that to see if he would be okay. And uh, unfortunately, he had to leave the game and wasn't a factor the rest of the night. But uh, life goes on for Luke Philp, and he has an excellent opportunity in front of him now with the Calgary Flames in the National Hockey League. So great to see Luke Phil get some recognition there, and he's the first player to sign an entry-level deal directly out of U Sports since Hunter Tremblay did it back with UNB, uh, right to the Edmonton Oilers. And then, of course, uh, I mentioned earlier that Evan Cormier did that with the New Jersey Devils this year, although he did go to the AHL first. So it wasn't like a pure University of Guelph to New Jersey entry-level deal. So it's close, but it's not quite the same as as Luke Phil, but I think there is something to be said for Luke Phil playing three years at Alberta compared to Evan Cormier's one semester uh, at Guelph, despite the fact that they are both products of, of university hockey. I think Philp has really seen himself grow and mature at this level. And uh, a, a player that I, I got to see, I've seen in person a couple times now, but again, this weekend at the U Cup in particular, to me, looks like a player that's really strengthened his lower body, uh, very well balanced, literally, just in, in how how strong he is on his feet and something I don't think you see a lot of 
at this level, and that's kind of what differentiates him, I think, from a lot of players, and ultimately why Brad for Living and the Calgary Flames decided to dole out that two-year entry-level deal for him. So, uh, I mean, Sullivan Trophy winner speaks for itself. Luke Philp has been fantastic all season and uh, gets rewarded with that contract from the Calgary Flames, which is great to see. But anyways, I, I guess back to the tournament as a game, it was a lot of fun. Uh, UNB, and now this is something that was kind of pointed out afterwards, and I, I tend to agree with it as well, just from what I saw. It looks like, you know, th this UNB team, and I think it, it goes for the AUS in particular, is just a little more physical in the way they play the game comparatively to Canada West. You know, Alberta's not a big team. We pointed that out in the broadcast too, but they are they are a, a very good skating team. They can they can fly, fast team, very skilled, top to bottom skill. The game against Saskatchewan, though, I, I thought was that that engaged Alberta a little more physically than uh, than for whatever reason the UNB game did. I I don't know. It just it, it, it just two different tempos of, of games that I think we saw there in the semifinal and the final. And I thought the, the comments, too, for me and Herbert's after, I think it was the quarterfinal win against Lethbridge. I could be wrong, though. It might have been the semi, uh, where he said after the game about the physicality, you know, we like to hit, but we don't want to see too many hits in a game because that means we don't have the puck. So revealing as to what, Alberta's kind of philosophy is on that and the modern style of playing the game. But uh, I, I think there's still something to be said for having a bit of a physical edge to your game. And UNB certainly brought that to the table, at least for me, in that final game. And, you know, I, I've said it, I've harped on it all year long about not having Mike Thomas, Trey Lewis. Uh, they've still found ways to be physical even without them. And the other thing I've said, too, about these guys is that UNB can kind of win a game any way they need to. And, and we saw that in the quarter against Carleton. You know, I, I figured Carlton was going to come out hard and, you know, ready to, to body check guys through the boards. And they did a great job of staying disciplined. Carlton played a little differently than I expected they would, but they played really, really well. They gave UNB a serious run for their money, but UNB was able to play that game. Highly adaptable team. Very, very versatile. And I think that served them well all season long. So... Fun to see. Congratulations to UNB on their eighth national title. Gardner McDougall's seventh as a head coach. And, uh, uh, well, it's uh, those never get old, right, for <laughs> for the guys that are on the winning side of that. And we'll talk to one of those winners, a guy whose university career is now done after five years in Matt Bowden's a little bit later on in the show. But before we do, a couple signings I want to talk about before we get into things with Matt. So a few big deals, I would say the biggest of which just happened on Monday afternoon with Zach Sodchenko, two years in the American Hockey League, one-way deal with the San Jose Barracuda. And, you know, we've seen some goaltenders sign in the last week or so, you know, going back even further, Logan Thompson from Brock signed in the ECHL, I think it was with Adirondack. Uh, we just saw Alex Dubow join Fort Wayne from UNB. And we saw Chase Marchand go to the Indy Fuel. I feel, oh, and Francois Broussard as well. I can't forget him. Uh, the OUAE School Tender of the Year went to the Maine Mariners. So there's four of the best goalies we had in university hockey this year, all going into the ECHL. And people were asking me, what's the, the deal with guys not signing in the AHL? You know, we've seen some players. Chris Clapperton, of course, the latest example of somebody who signed in, in the American Hockey League. You know, it's different, though, for goaltenders. And this time of year in particular, it's so tough for them to break into the American Hockey League because in March, there aren't really AHL jobs available. I mean, there aren't. There aren't AHL jobs available for goaltenders. You know, th these organizations are set. And if an AHL team needs a goalie, 
they're going to call one up from their ECHL affiliate. So they don't, they're not really looking for guys um, at a university to fill those rosters this year. Zach Sonchenko signs an AHL deal because it's different. This is long-term, two years. So San Jose hope that something comes out of Zach Sodchenko. This isn't kind of like a stopgap. And, you know, not to see Christopher Clapperton is is just a stopgap, but, you know, he's in the AHL because the Belleville Senators feel like they're a better team with Chris Clapperton in the lineup. And I've always said this about university hockey players. I saw it with Francis Beauvillier uh, a couple years back, too, when he latched on with the Manitoba Moose. You know, Brent Walichka as well. These guys are brought into the AHL. Jagger Dirk's another. Late in the season, because... The AHL teams are looking for guys, foot soldiers, if you will, that can help plug into the lineup and, and just be winners right now. And, you know, mid-season form, and it's not so much long-term. You know, the nice thing with these ATOs for teams anyways is that there's no real long-term commitment. So they just want to get guys in the lineup, and it's a bit of an audition, but more than anything, it's it's to help them win. So Sanchenko's a bit different here because this isn't about getting games this year and, you know, seeing what he's got. You know, San Jose is taking a, a two-year, I guess, gamble, if you want to call it that. Uh, a two-year commitment is, is probably a better word for, for Zach Sanchenko here to develop this guy even further than he's already gone. So we haven't seen a deal like that in, in years. I mean, I can't remember the last time off the top of my head, especially for a goaltender um, at that level. So that's that's huge. And you know, I, we, I did an interview with Zach Sochenko all the way back in, in the original podcast days. I think it was, it might have been the first one of the summer last year. And uh, and his story is just really interesting to me where, you know, he was ranked as high as number six by NHL Central Scouting leading into the draft among North American goalies in his draft year. And number six is, for, for a lot of guys, that's a, a shoe-in to be a late-round draft pick. But he got passed over, and you know he found out, he figured out pretty quickly that, um, you know maybe things weren't as they seemed in in pro, and you know it's it's always different for goaltenders because positions are at a premium. Starting spots, there's only 31 of them in the National Hockey League, and you know there's about the same in the AHL and the ECHL too. So, you know collectively under 100. Think about all the goaltenders right now in pro hockey in North America that probably could be starting goaltenders on their respective teams. So uh, he made that interesting decision to leave junior a year early for went or decided to forego his overage season with the Moose Jaw Warriors to join the University of Alberta. It was a bombshell at the time and uh, completely worked out the way I think Alberta could have hoped. He was terrific. I don't think he had his best game in the final against UNB, but. You know, that, that shutout streak he's got going, I mean, forever against Saskatchewan because he'll probably never play him again. You know, that's that's incredible. And, you know, the, just the numbers he's put up in the last few years. Uh, just a, an interesting story of a guy I don't think we would have seen commit to university hockey 10 years ago. So a real change of the times. And, and it's reflective too. you know, a lot of people have been pointing out about how pro teams are, are paying more attention now to university hockey than ever before, you know, that's only because the players are better than they have ever been before. You know, there were there were good players, no doubt, 10 years ago, but there's more of them now. And uh, and Zach Sachenko's, Luke Phillips, Christopher Clapperton's, Chase Marchand's didn't exist, you know, as uh, not as many of them existed in this level 10 or so years ago. 
So that's why you're seeing a lot more interest here, and you're seeing a lot of these big deals. And uh, a big one for Zach Sodchenko. I'm really eager to see how that one turns out for him. Now, the other deal I want to talk about today also involves the Alberta Golden Bears and uh, Jason Fram, defenseman headed to Kunlin Red Star in the KHL uh, for next season. And this is a real cool story. As first reported by Dustin Nielsen, uh, wants to be an Olympian for China in 2022. Uh, he's got... Uh, well, the, the Chinese family background and all that, so he's uh, he's eligible to represent uh, the Chinese nation at the Olympics. And uh, I wonder if maybe former UBC T-Bird Luke Lockhart would uh, excuse me would uh, join him. So that would be interesting to see because Lockhart is already on Kunlun Red Star. Uh, he was the last university hockey player to sign directly into the KHL. So two KHLers right now in the KHL with Matthew Mayoni, formerly of uh, the University of Prince Edward Island, and then, of course, Lockhart and, uh, and Kulin, and now Jason Framley joining them next season. So that might be a little while before we see that one officially announced. Uh, the KHL season isn't done yet, and there's, there's typically not a rush to... Uh, announce some of their imports, at least at this point in the season anyway. So it, it might take a bit of time before you see that team official, but uh, the, the deal is all in place. The game plan is in place. So, <laughs> I mean, Alberta lose Luke Philp, Jason Fram, and Zach Sodchenko all in the same year. Uh, not to mention their captain, Riley Kieser, as well. So this is going to be a fun offseason. <laughs> we'll, we'll say that. Uh, as per always, there's... Some good players out there. Uh, now, what Albert is going to do to try and replace three pillars, I think part of the answer might actually already lie in their lineup and the player that we never got to see in the U Cup at all, Tyler Soy. Uh, who, he's been hurt, really, and never got off to a, a great start with them in the second semester. So, you know, he's going to get the full season ideally next year. And uh, a player I've maintained all along, I, I think, has potential to be Canada West MVP. So, I think they have a big piece already there, but uh, they're going to have to reload a little bit on the blue line and the goaltending as well. So despite a great season for the Alberta Golden Bears, uh, it's a lot of work to be done here for Ian Herbert, Stan Marple, and company in the offseason for them. So a cool story, though, with Jason Fram, and one I, I think it's going to develop as it goes along, and it would be great to see him carve out an excellent career for himself over in the, the KHL. It's a, a top-quality hockey league. So... Eager to see how that one pans out for Jason Fram. Okay, that's pretty much all I can talk about right now on the deal front. Um, and there's going to be a lot more to come again this week, I think in particular as well, uh, before things fizzle down and uh, start to transition more into players coming into university hockey rather than going out. So uh, a little bit more on that on my Twitter, I guess, uh, later on if you want to follow along. But for now, uh, we'll shift our focus back to about nine or so days ago in the University Cup in Lethbridge. Here's my conversation with fifth-year forward at UMB now graduating and three-time U-Cup champion Matt Bowdens. Well, just over a week ago, the UMB Reds did it again with their third title in four years, and somebody who has been a part of all three of those titles is joining me now on the phone line from the University of New Brunswick, fifth-year veteran now graduating, Matt Bowdens joins me. Uh, Matt, you know, we just mentioned there it's been a little over a week since the UNB went all the way again in Lethbridge. Has it sort of sunk in for you now that you've managed to be a champion three times in the last four years at the national level? Yeah, I think uh, 
just over the past week, looking back, um, Saturday we had a skate with our fans and kind of had a big get-together with all our staff. And um, we were on the ice there Saturday and just looking up, uh, kind of knowing that probably the last time I'm on there with a the UMB jersey. Um, I think that uh, that's when it hit me. And um, it's been a special five years and a uh, pretty good way to finish it off. So you guys, or you guys, done this in Lethbridge or in uh, in Fredericton as well before you did it in Lethbridge. So you know what it's like to win at home, and I'm sure there's no other feeling quite like being able to hoist the, the University Cup in front of the 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 fans in Fredericton. But uh, what kind of welcome did you come back to this time around when you came back from the West? Uh, it was quite a long trip back. Um, <laughs> we were out there. Uh, Pretty early in the morning, around three, we left Lethbridge uh, Monday morning. So um, we didn't arrive back into Fredericton until around one o'clock. Uh, there was a few fans, some uh, supporters from the university, and greeted by the ring staff. It was uh, a late night and a long day for the lads, but um, we were able to uh, kind of bring the cup around the city this week. Um, I brought it into the high school a couple days um, and just kind of bringing it uh, out to the community and sharing that trophy because uh, I think we have the best fans across the country and uh it's uh it's great to share it with them now how important is it for you i I guess because you know you're somebody that's involved now with education and you know the unb reds are are such an important fixture in the community over in fredericton how important was it for you to you know be able to share this title i guess a little bit with the community as well and some of the people you work with for sure um being uh, here for five years you make uh, a lot of relationships and uh, meet a lot of people around the community and um, you definitely realize how impactful um, UMB is um, in the city of Fredericton so um, to bring that trophy back we had uh, obviously one of my third year here in Fredericton um, last year we uh, finished finished off the year with a bronze medal but uh, that was uh, definitely a tough way to end off the year on, on our turf so um, in our last year to kind of get that redemption and be able to bring that trophy back home to uh, Fredericton it was uh, it was amazing and um, the community is just thrilled uh, thrilled about our success now everybody wants to you know go out a champion at, at some point in your career and I guess you know for you you couldn't have really scripted it you know much better with <laughs> with really much more success than you know you've had with the UNB Reds in the last four seasons or really five if you want to go all the way back to your rookie campaign as well uh, but when you think back over the last five seasons and all you've been able to accomplish as a team, were you hoping that it would maybe turn out as well as it did when you first came to UNB, or has it been even better than expected? I mean, you always have that goal. Uh, you're, I mean, you're not thinking about multiple national championships. You're just thinking about the that first one. And um, in my first year, we had such a such a great year for the young group we had, and uh, ended up losing to Alberta. Um, it's funny how it works. Um, in my first year in Halifax and uh, in the final national championship game, so um, we had a group of about. Uh, seven of us rookies that year so I think just getting a taste of that and um, obviously we all came here to win so that didn't sit uh, sit well with us so um, I think a lot of us came back hungry the following year and uh, we were able to go back to back and that was pretty special especially on home soil and um, to share that with the guys uh, it was uh, unbelievable and then to have a new crop in and um, the year we had this year um, obviously 
that great year. Um, we had to prove a lot of people wrong. Um, and I think we uh, kind of had that out with uh, the way we finished our year off last year. We weren't uh, we weren't very satisfied. And uh, guys came in hungry this year. And I think there was something special from day one. So um, to bring it back in, in my fifth year, uh, it, was, uh, it was incredible. So let's turn the clock then a little bit back to I guess your major junior days, and you know, for people who don't know, you're a Pembroke, Ontario guy. You played a little bit in the the CJHL with the Lumber Kings uh, back in your your first couple years of junior. Then you catch on to the QMJHL with Drummondville. Eventually, become a captain there in the 13-14 season. What was it? I guess at what point did UNB kind of come across on your radar as as being a potential landing destination for you post major junior, and ultimately what sealed the deal? Yeah, um, my 19-year-old season, um, I played alongside one of my best buddies, uh, Jordan Murray. He got traded, he got traded to us from Bathurst and spent his 20-year-old season there. Um, obviously, had uh, a lot of success, and that was a big year for him. Uh, and he went on to play for UMB the following season. So, um, when I finished my major junior career in Drummondville, I was kind of in the same position as a lot of 20-year-olds finishing up, whether kind of want to pursue that professional career, um, you want to look at your options, but then uh, also looking at the school um, side of things, and I think that's always been important. When I played junior, junior A in Pembroke, my goal was to go play NCAA and get an education, so um, finishing my three years and then having that opportunity, um, Gardner reached out and uh, learned about the program and having Jordan there and to talk about kind of know what uh, I was getting coming to UMB um, it uh, I mean Gardner sends out his packages we all laugh and you just see the success they had and it kind of just uh, brings a shiver down your spine just that opportunity and chance to win and how successful they've been and to kind of go there and to protect that and uh, glad I kind of took that challenge because uh, there's definitely a lot of naysayers out there and um, I think that's just because uh, how successful this program's been. So kind of having him, playing with him in junior, and then uh, getting the opportunity to come out here and kind of see the city of Fredericton, uh, see what it's all about, and see how much this uh, hockey team means to the community. Um, That kind of sat well with me, and uh, I'm glad uh, I made that decision to come out here. And it's definitely worked out uh, for the best. Yeah, it's it's interesting there what you say about, you know, the the idea of maintaining the success that UNB's had, the track record they've had for so long. And, you know, I've always kind of wondered as, as a player, maybe even more so as a veteran, th- there has to be a little self-applied pressure, isn't there, when you, you look back on how well this team has been and, you know, the standard is the golden standard every year, right? It's, you know, we, we heard it in the, the post-game interviews after the final game in Lethbridge. You guys were, were talking about how it's national cha- national championship or bust every season for UNB. So, you know, I've always thought, especially as the captain, and this year that was Marcus McIver, you know, it, there's, there's got to be a little bit of pressure, doesn't there, somewhere along the line for for you guys as players to, to uphold that standard every season, right? Yeah, I think so, but I think uh, I think anyone out there coming going into a season, your goal, um, I, I believe your goal should be to uh, be the last team standing. And uh, luckily, I came to a program where that is a standard, and 
right from day one that's kind of set in our uh, set in the back of our minds as our end goal and um kind of it's a it's a it's a long grind of a season uh might be shortened games but that means more practices so some people forget about that and uh um Gary does a great job and our coaching staff out here pushing us every day and um kind of just looking looking forward towards that goal it uh drives it throughout the season now tell me a bit about this group this year and you know one guy I just mentioned Marcus McIver was your captain and you know you've won the U Cup before with Cam Critchlow as your captain as well and you know another veteran group of guys that moves on this year including yourself you know Cam Brace Randy Gazzola uh, as well so maybe in particular about the leadership this year what was it comprised of because I know you were a part of that as well. Yeah, I think uh, when you look at our lineup and how Gardner recruits, um, he brings he brings in character guys. Uh, a lot of guys, uh, when you look back on their junior stats, uh, I want to. It's just a guess, but I think we have near ten captains on our team. So um, I think that comes in from recruiting and um, to have guys like like you said, our captain Marcus um, and all our letters, all our older guys. Um, to, to bring that leadership from junior and um, like you said when you come in in your first couple of years you're learning from uh, the best of the best and uh, to have guys like uh, Critchie, Braze, uh, Tyler Carroll, uh, Adrian Robertson coming in and looking after us his first years and kind of how they uh, went about their business day in and day out um, it kind of sets uh, a model for uh, what uh, what you'd like to strive for so I think just um, it's, it's keeping the standard alive and um, kind of following along who uh, who started and started out uh, helping out you in, in your career and um, I think we did a great job of that we have uh, a great group of young guys as well that are going to keep this uh, tradition rolling now you know we, we I, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about your goaltender as well this year and and you know what? I've seen Alex Dubo a couple seasons. Although the the first couple times I saw UNB in person, it was Etienne Marcou in Nets. And then, you know, this year I I really got a taste of what Alex Dubo was able to do. And I saw him in Lethbridge, and you know, all through the playoffs, really, it was a perfect postseason run for UNB. And Alex Dubo was there and excellent for you guys the entire way. You know, you've been a part of all four of the years he played at UNB. Was the last stretch of his university hockey career the best you've seen him play since coming to UNB? Obviously, the way he finished, it was incredible. He was our uh, he was our rock back there, and it's uh, it's it's just great to see that kid's been through a lot here. It is four years, obviously coming from junior. You want to start, and um, he had a great partner in ET Atemaku, and um, they were quite the tandem. But kind of come when push came to shove in his first couple of years, uh, Dupes was kind of put on put in the backup role and I know that was tough for him um, knowing how competitive he is and he was such a good teammate through it all that uh, it was incredible so for him to get that chance um, obviously last year we didn't finish the way we wanted to and uh, you could kind of see it from day one when he came back he was uh, he wasn't going to let that happen again and um, you look at uh, it's a tough goal it's a tough job for uh, UMB's goalies when you're not faced with uh, uh, 25 to 30 shots a night you might be only seeing 15 um, some of them breakaways and high quality scoring chances and so I don't know if the statistics throughout the year 
you didn't get the recognition, but obviously when it came uh, to playoffs and nationals, once you look at that stat line, it's uh, it's incredible. And um, some of those saves he's, he made, um, it uh, looking back from even the Carlton game, he uh, it's definitely a big part of uh, that championship, and I'm really happy for him. He's got an opportunity in pro here. He's down in Fort Wayne, so just got his first win the other night. So um, just a guy that's kind of been through it all and was just a great teammate uh, throughout it and happy uh, happy for his success. Now, as you graduate UNB as well, you know, we got to see some of the, uh, I guess, next generation of, of leaders, if you will, kind of shine in Lethbridge as well. And, you know, not exactly rookies, but, you know, Chris Bennett and, and Ty, Tyler Bolin, both in their second seasons, I thought looked, you know, real strong in particular. Bolin had a great year all year long, but then Chris Bennett pops off for four goals in the semifinal against Santa Fex. How about some of the younger guys here, you know, Matthew Boucher and, and Mark Rassel as well, as, as you kind of leave this program behind as a player, you know, who are some of the young guys that impressed you over the last couple seasons you think can kind of carry the torch moving forward i mean i can you can honestly go up and down the list um the our first years had a big uh big impact this year um just like chris and ty did last year and then to come in and do that again uh honestly up and down the lineup it's uh guys come in and it uh when we're on a big stage and we all have put in the work it uh it's kind of you're looking down the bench at any guy that can step up and do that. And, uh, obviously to have, uh, the success they've had and then to see, see them do it in games like, uh, nationals. And, um, there's a lot of confidence and that's because of the hard work they put in, um, and work their tails off here. So when we get to that stage, we're ready. And, uh, I think you can see that, uh, they got a bright future ahead of them. So you've done a great job here talking about your teammates and the team, but now I want you to talk a little bit about yourself. And, uh, you know, every time I've seen you do interviews, uh, rarely do you end up talking much about yourself. So uh, I, I do have to ask, though, you know, as a guy that uh, that played five years at UNB, I, I think I've seen you anyways play every role imaginable like you filled in on on defense when this unb roster has been thin you know we've seen you before play the role of sniper with the the seven points in five playoff games a year ago you scored at the u cup again this season as well against the carlton ravens i i mean it's it's been incredible to me how many different roles you've played with with unb i mean how many did gardner pitch to you that you were just like all right yep i'll step in and do that no problem I think just kind of getting that first call from him, the opportunity um, to kind of come out here and be a part of uh, a team like UMB. And then once you get out here, um, I mean, playing under guys like Critchie and Dylan Willock and kind of guys like that, that uh, sacrificed, uh, maybe gave up a little bit of themselves uh, for the team. And um, I think that's what it's all about. Uh, not just me. There's a lot of guys that, uh, come from major junior and uh, scoring roles and have to come here and not a lesser role because uh, they're all um, they're all important but kind of maybe playing a, as a defensive forward rather than an offensive forward and that's tough for some guys but um, I think that's why our team's so close and guys are willing to do uh, whatever they can obviously when I came here um, we had some injuries I remember in my second year and ended up jumping on the back end but um that wasn't it wasn't even something to think about it was uh we had some guys down and uh kind of just look at it as an opportunity um i think uh, 
in this day and age when you can when you can kind of um, be a revolving door it uh, it opens opportunities for you I know in, uh, in junior A um, kind of playing under Sheldon Keith and Pembroke that uh, that's where the D started um, from my minor midget year and we had some injuries and I played a few games there and, um, after that uh, my coaches kind of would look over my back back shoulder and just you can play D and well, I can try so it worked out well and uh, I think that kind of just gave me an opportunity to stay in the lineup sometimes and um, just kind of being able to uh, just be there for my teammates and um, do, doing kind of whatever they need um, a lot of guys uh, are selfless on our team and um, just kind of try to embody that and um, like I said we from up down our lineup it was always uh, scorers grind and grinders score. So um, I think in any given night on our team, you could look across the dressing room and uh, we were all ready to rock. And uh, I think that's why we've been so successful as guys are uh, willing to do whatever it takes. Well, you know, you've seen some miles too at, at this level, a lot more than, than most typical players do. And, you know, you've played over 130 regular season games. You played over 30 in the AUS playoffs, and you played 15 as well at the, the University Cup level. I, I mean, when you look back on on your career here at UNB, the five years, uh, I can't imagine there's much that you would want to do differently about the way you've played, right? No, exactly. Like you said, it's been uh, um, a heck of a five years, and um, I wouldn't change it any other way other than a couple uh, couple of metal uh, colors, but <laughs> we'll definitely take it, and it's uh, it's been a great five years. I've enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to uh, finishing up uh, my school year this year and graduating from my uh, second degree here at UMB, so it's uh, it's been special. So then what's the game plan here for you moving forward? Do you see hockey again in your future, or is this maybe it for you on the skates? No, I think uh, finishing that national championship game and being in the locker room with the guys after, and I mean, you got your jersey on until late hours of the night, and taking that off, it was uh, kind of emotional around our our, our group, and uh, that also sent the message uh, that, you know what, I think there's uh, still got a flame inside me to to still compete, and uh, I'm obviously going to take the summer and um, just kind of... Uh, train real hard um, to obviously talk with my family and look at the opportunities that uh, are available but uh, I definitely want to go play uh, pro hockey somewhere next year so um, I'm going to spend the summer uh, getting ready for that and uh, wherever the opportunity arises I'll uh, try to make the best of it. Is part of that desire as well fueled by seeing what some of your teammates are doing right now because you know we just mentioned Alex Dubow and you know, he's with Fort Wayne. Randy Gazzola is set to go pro as well with Toledo. And, you know, we haven't even talked about Christopher Clapperton, who's the AUS MVP as well, who's landed in the AHL with the Belleville Senators. Yeah, it's uh, to see those guys move on um, and to see the success they had and the way they finished it. Uh, pretty uh, pretty proud teammate and uh, so happy for those guys. You can go down the list from my years here, from even year one of guys that are just doing uh, being successful in the pro ranks and uh, for sure that um, that's something that drives you and to see them doing well um, kind of gives you that uh, feeling in the back of your head that um, you kind of want to do the same and kind of 
trying to keep furthering your uh, pro career. So I'm so happy for those guys. Uh, I mean, you list all those names. and I got uh, some roommates that I lived with in past years, Jordan Murray, uh, Matt Peckery, Phil Maia, Phil Howley's over in Europe. Uh, it's all those guys playing. And, uh, yeah, it's, I'm excited to, uh, to finish, obviously, finish off my university career, but start a new one in pro. I'm curious to know now as well with the two degrees, is there kind of a game plan for you maybe off the ice as well about what you want to do later on with your life too? Yeah, uh, that was one thing, like I said, coming out of uh, Drummondville when I was uh, finishing my 20-year-old year, um, education was kind of always on the forefront, like I said, from back from my even junior A days. Uh, that was one thing I wanted to do was uh, get an education and obviously coming to UMB and doing the kinesiology in, in my undergrad and um, then having the opportunity to come back in a fifth year and uh, do education. Uh, my mom's a teacher, and that was kind of always something that uh, I thought I like I love kids and uh, I'm actually here at the high school here I'm skipping my homeroom right now but uh, I'm in, uh, in my practicum here at Fredericton High School and uh, I'm loving it so um, definitely whenever uh, the hockey door shuts uh, that'll start a new career for me and uh, that'll be in teaching and uh, I'm pretty excited for that as well. Well, I know you got a busy day ahead of you, Matt, as far as that goes. So we wish you all the best with that and hope to see you as well uh, continue on the skate somewhere else again soon. It's uh, been an excellent career. So congratulations on that and yet another University Cup for your resume. Thank you very much, Victor. I appreciate that. Uh, hopefully uh, chat again. So big thanks to Matt Bowdens for being part of the show this week. Uh, certainly one of the nicer guys to, to talk to. There's a lot of them at uh, this level. <laughs> you know, if you're if your opposition on the ice, maybe he's not as friendly. I, I've seen Matt Fountains. He's got a bit of a mean streak in him, but uh, certainly not when the skates are off. So thanks to Matt for being on the show this week. That was an early morning interview there as well, if you uh, weren't able to tell. So appreciate him getting up bright and early uh, to talk with me on the show today. Um. That uh, that almost does it for this one. You know, with with not a lot cooking, there uh, there hasn't been a ton to talk about other than a lot of the off ice happenings. But I do want to give a mention as well to U Sports Women's Hockey again this week as well because they had their national championship in Charlottetown, PEI. And uh, how about the Guelph Griffins? First time national champions on the women's side of things. Uh, just a a huge victory for them in Charlottetown. They beat McGill in a nail-biter in Prince Edward Island by a 1-0 final. So, one goal, but that's all they needed. He's Guelph for the first time in program history. Now, I I love seeing the the first-time programs get their their shake of things, you know. Um, Don't get me wrong, watching this year's U-Cup between UNB and Alberta in the final is excellent entertainment. Two of the best programs in the history of... Uh, U Sports Hockey going head-to-head, but, you know, I, I love to see the, the first-year programs, you know, finally, or first-time champion programs, I should say, get uh, get uh, an opportunity like that, and, you know, congratulations to Guelph, always entertaining when, you know, the mix is wide open, and even a couple weeks ago, watching, you know, that McMaster basketball team for the U Sports women's basketball title was Fantastic drama to watch, you know, going down to the wire, really, in that game. So, uh, boy, it was like, what, 31 years for for Teresa Burns over there at at McMaster. So, uh, great story, and I I love seeing those. So, congratulations to the Guelph Griffins. Uh, They also made their way to the Clarkson Cup on Sunday, which was in Toronto, Coca-Cola Coliseum. 
And uh, the Calgary Inferno taking that one by a 5-2 final. 18 U Sports alumni in that game between the roster on Calgary and uh, Le Canadiens. So, you know, as we mentioned this year a couple times on the show, uh, it's been a good year for U Sports hockey players in pro in, in general. You know, we I mentioned on Twitter, uh, 23, now 24 with Christopher Clapperton. Uh, U Sports players in the American Hockey League, and then of course 18 in the CWHL final is uh, a good number, and of course the All Stars as well this year. And Sophie Batez with the Canadian national team was was excellent to see. So this is is great stuff for the uh, the brand of university hockey. But of course, first and foremost, the the athletes and the coaches. And there's going to be one coming up here shortly. Uh, I I think by this weekend it'll be public knowledge as well involving another current U Sports coach uh, who's going to be in the news, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, uh, I might have a, a sniper rifle pointed at me uh, pretty soon if I say anything more, but uh, that, I'll leave it at that. So uh, the um, the news stream anyways for U Sports Hockey and, uh, and that being relevant in other spaces other than just U Sports in itself uh, continues to, to be a trend that uh, goes well <laughs> over the, uh, the last couple of weeks and about the next week or so counting. So keep your eyes and ears peeled out for that. And with that, that pretty much brings episode number 22 to a close. 22 of these from season's start back in October till now. As, uh, boy, it's, you know, a short season comparatively to some of the other leagues around the world. But, uh, you know, when you look back through the rearview mirror in retrospect, it's, uh, it's a pretty long one. You know, it's, uh, it's it's been a while. I, we started the show. First guest was Russ Harrington and talking about the Mark Cross Memorial Tour that brought, brought uh, York out west uh, to see some of the Canada West schools. And then we end the season out west as well in Lethbridge. And there's been a lot that's transpired between then and now. Of course, another steel blade has come and gone. You know, the, the Mark Cross Memorial Tour kicked off for the, the first time ever. Uh, another frosty mug in the bag, another Queen's Cup with the Queen's Gales breaking a 38-year drought to win that over the University of Guelph. You know, another Subway Series between York and Ryerson. Uh, another UBC Winter Classic as well. Another Crowchild Classic that came down to the wire with Riley Sheen scoring in the final seconds. The performance from Team U Sports against the World Juniors this year was certainly the best. Uh, out of any of them, and I uh, I think that record's now at what five zero and one in the last six matchups, or maybe it might be five one and one in the last seven. Uh, but anyways, point being, another one of those in the bag this year, and as good as U Sports has looked in recent memory as well against that World Junior team, and of course the national championship fifty seven times. The David Johnston University Cup has been handed out first to the McMaster Marlins back in nineteen sixty three, and in two thousand nineteen. To the UNB Reds. Well, it's been a fun journey. It always is. And thanks for being along for the ride. And uh, a huge thanks for all the, or to all the guests, rather, that were a part of the show this year. Again, we had a lot, whether it was players or coaches or play-by-play broadcasters, you know, anybody that kind of makes university hockey go around. That's what I wanted the show really to be about, was at least the guest portion of it anyways, was to showcase some of the people we have in this league, some really bright minds, some very, very smart people, uh, both on and off the ice, whether it's it's hockey-related or, you know, something else otherwise. You know, future doctors, lawyers, 
what have you, leaders in the community, all part of the show throughout the season. And that's been a lot of fun for me, uh, at least to be able to talk to some of those people and share their stories with you. And a big thanks as well to you, Sports, for giving this place or this podcast a, a place, I guess, a bit of a home for it to live. And uh, for me to be able to keep covering university hockey here after I graduated Ryerson is has been a real thrill to, to do this season anyway. So excited for, uh, well, what we hope is an eventful off season. I, I really think it will be, and uh, will we'll give us a lot more to talk about. But this has been a lot of fun, looking back on the season and being able to, to be a part of it again. So, and again, thanks to you, the listener who's tuned in from season's beginning to season's end. Hope you've enjoyed listening to this show as much as I have had making it so hopefully we'll do this again sometime soon but until that time comes around for the last time so long have a great summer and farewell from toronto